This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. TGIF Scoop Podcast faithful. My crazy work schedule, at least until Joe Schmidt is healthy and back on the air on Channel 5 continues. So I am in the office late on this Friday night. Joe's doing great, by the way. He'll be back on TV soon enough. So I am here killing some time before the 9 and 10 o'clock news late at night on this Friday, the 15th of June. So I figured, hey, why not record a new podcast? I have lots of basketball notes, plus an interview with the recently committed Stanford guard Tyrell Terry of DeLaSalle. Plus, I get into some hockey with Blake McLaughlin of the Gophers Grand Rapids, won a state championship a couple years ago. He played for Chicago in the USHL last year. He should go late first or second round of the NHL draft. So we'll get to a conversation I had with him somewhere toward the end. Before we start with Hoops Notes, let me give some love to Skoll Marketing. They keep the podcast going. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. They specialize in working with local small businesses. So if you are a small business owner, heck, any sort of business owner, but in particular a small business owner, Think about utilizing Skoll Marketing. They will help drive business your way. They, too, are a locally owned company started by two former Google employees. They want to help the little guys compete. They want your company to pop up on a Google search before your competition does. You can call them for a free 30-minute consultation. Call them. Schedule a free 30-minute consultation. 612-787-SKOLL. 612-787-SKOLL. For more information online, it is skollmarketing.com. Let's make Google work for you. It's Skoll Marketing, skollmarketing.com. All right, on the Wolves, some notes I scribbled down. Trade talk has been slow. It's pretty much slow across the league. Taking the temperature of a few league folks, non-Wolves people, heck, best of luck trying to pry information from the Wolves right now, maybe one day, maybe even next week, who knows. But right now, they are on lockdown at Mayo Clinic Square. But taking the temperature of some logical trade partners. Now, I do view the Nets as a very logical trade partner. I've not communicated with anybody from the Nets. But other league people think eventually the Wolves and Nets will have dialogue if they haven't already. But taking the temperature of a couple other teams I sense that the Wolves aren't real active on the trade front yet. I do expect that to change come early next week. Really, when we're about 72 to 96 hours before the draft, that's when trade dialogue will pick up. These league folks fully expect the Wolves, like they did in February, to shop Gorgie Jang. And if they want to move Gorgie Jang, these league folks fully expect the Wolves to have to include pick 20 or just not moving Gorgie Jang without a sweetener. But all attention right now with the Wolves appears to be on them keeping the 20th pick and selecting a player that can help them immediately. So not taking a European player that they could stash for a year, because I know that that has come up in conversation, at least with media types that, Hey, what if they take a guy and hold him over in Europe for a year? So they have that much more cap flexibility as of now, It appears the Wolves are targeting taking a guy at pick 20 and keeping him and having him on the roster right away. On Andrew Wiggins, I've been asked a lot, will the Wolves shop Andrew Wiggins? Yes, I fully expect the Wolves 
to at least float him out there just to see what the market bears. I still continue to sense that ownership would have to be convinced big time to move Wiggins. Not that it's out of the question, but I think of the two sides, the front office and ownership. I think ownership is more inclined to keep Andrew Wiggins, that the front office might be more inclined to at least see aggressively what they could get for Wiggins. On Kawhi Leonard, yes. You think about the Wolves front office with Scott Layden, with Brian Pauga. Both guys used to work in the Spurs front office. The belief is both those guys, and who wouldn't, have a healthy opinion of Kawhi Leonard. The Wolves are expected to at least make a phone call. I think you're not doing your due diligence if you don't at least inquire. Now, hey, no guarantees the Spurs ultimately trade Leonard, but the reports came out on Friday that Leonard is seeking out of San Antonio, but then there's also word that Leonard has not actually communicated that to the Spurs. So what if they offer him the max $215 million? Might he say, hey, that money is just too good to pass up. I will stay in San Antonio, but let the off-season rumor mill pick up steam. I mean, it began weeks ago, but let it really pick up steam here on Friday the 15th. As I said on 1500 ESPN earlier on Friday, the NBA off-season is much more appealing than the regular season or even the playoffs because the results are oftentimes inevitable. The Warriors winning another championship was just about inevitable, especially after Chris Paul went down with an injury. But I will say that Rockets-Warriors series was so much fun. I still will take that high-level competitive basketball over off-season rumors. But I'm telling you, the next few weeks should be a load of fun. But, yeah, just a reminder, the Wolves, outside of Carmelo Anthony, and we can debate whether he's even a superstar or even a star, just about every star that's been available, Kyrie Irving go up and down the list, every star that has been available going back to when Tibbs took over, two-plus years ago, I'm told the Wolves have inquired on. So they are expected to continue to do their due diligence on stars and at least reach out to the Spurs to see, hey, what would it take to trade for Kawhi Leonard? The Wolves have brought in 50-plus draft prospects for workouts and or interviews and medical examinations going back a handful of weeks. A reminder, the Wolves are one of a few teams Makes no sense, but that's their choice. They can do whatever they want, but it makes no sense. They are one of a few teams that doesn't announce draft workout. So as far as you, the fan, is concerned, the Wolves aren't doing any draft homework. But in fact, they've done as much homework as any team in the league, plus Tibbs and others in the front office were in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago for a number of pro days and in Las Vegas one day for a bunch of pro days. So they have done as much homework as anyone When it comes to the draft, they have picks 20 and 48. The draft is next Thursday. I've reported a number of guys that have been in town for workouts, so I'm not going back over that entire list. If you need those names, check out my Twitter, DWolfs on KSTP, and or Scoop Podcast episodes 152, 151, 150, 149, 148, 147, and so on. I will list some names that have not been to town, guys that fall into that pick 20 range that have not been to town from everything I can gather. That doesn't mean the Wolves are not interested. As Judd Zolgad reminded me on Friday morning, hey, remember that Tom Thibodeau was friends with Bill Belichick. It wouldn't be surprising if the Wolves are masking interest in a guy and purposely did not bring him to town for a workout. But from what I can gather, these are some guys in that pick 20 range that did not make it to town for workouts. 
Mo Wagner, the big man from Michigan. I think he goes after pick 20, but he's in that range. Lonnie Walker from Miami. Chandler Hutchison from Boise State. Holiday, the point guard from UCLA. Shamit, the guard from Wichita State. Smith, the guard from Texas Tech. Anthony Simons, the high school kid, IMG Academy. Herter, the kid from Maryland. Now he's out. He's got that injury. But the Wolves did not reach out to try and set up a workout before his injury. Musa, the overseas guy, and Brunson. Now Brunson with his dad. That might just be so goofy that it just it doesn't make logical sense. Although Jalen Brunson has nothing to do with his dad, Rick. But for whatever reason, the Wolves did not bring Jalen Brunson to town. The Wolves have another draft workout on Saturday. I am told France point guard Elio Kobo is among prospects that are due in. Also before next Thursday, Troy Brown Jr. of Oregon is due into town. I also know that Andrew Rousey of Marquette is part of the Saturday draft workout. One name I will add that was in town for workout that I hadn't reported previously is Jerome Robinson of Boston College. But I've gone over a lot of the names, DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen. By the way, on Grayson Allen, he was in town on Thursday, really Wednesday night. Then Thursday, Wednesday night, he went to Bar La Grassa for dinner with Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden. He is dealing with a minor injury, so I am told he was in town. He had a lot of conversations with the Wolves folks, but he did not work out on the court. But the Wolves did see Allen at the Combine and at Creative Arts Agency Pro Day in Los Angeles a few weeks ago when he put on a show. Plus, they saw him going back a few seasons at Duke. So they have the book on Allen, but I am told on Thursday, Allen wasn't able to do anything on the court. All right, here's some draft notes on local guys. And a couple of these guys have worked out for the Wolves, actually more than a couple, potentially. Nuni Oma, Matamidai High School, Baylor University. He has worked out for the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Golden State Warriors, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Wolves, and Brooklyn Nets, plus at a pro day a couple weeks ago in Chicago. I know the Knicks, Heat, and Cavs were among teams with scouts in attendance. Kyle Washington, Benilde St. Margaret slash North Carolina State University, finished his collegiate career at Cincinnati. Good player at Cincinnati. He has gotten looks from Lakers and Knicks scouts going back a few weeks. Gary Trent Jr., Apple Valley High School, Duke University. He has worked out for the Nuggets, the Blazers. I hear the Blazers really like Gary. The Lakers, the Bucks, and the Spurs. And there's still some talk of getting him in for a Wolves workout before next Thursday. On J.P. Makira from Lakeville North High School. He has a workout with the Pistons on Monday. He worked out for the Kings on Thursday. He's also worked out for the Clippers, the Wolves, the Celtics, and the Spurs, plus at the Pro Basketball Combine in Florida a few weeks ago. He met with both the Pacers and the Bucks. Finally, because Reed Travis is going back to college, Zach Lofton, Columbia Heights High School. He was also a gopher for a minute. Did not officially play in a game for the Gophers, but he was a gopher for a hot second. He has worked out for the Wolves, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Kings, the Thunder, the Raptors, and the Warriors, plus every team was in attendance at Wasserman's Pro Day, where he shot the ball very well. All right, keeping the hoops theme going, but non-NBA, but keeping the hoops theme going with some local hoops notes. Let me start with an interview I had with Tyrell Terry, Class of 2019, D. Los High School. 
He had many offers, including the Gophers. He ultimately chose Stanford. He committed to Stanford last weekend. After his commitment to Stanford, I caught up with Tyrell. Tyrell, congratulations. Thank you. Tell us why Stanford. Um, I chose Stanford because it's just an opportunity that's very hard to pass up. Um, it's one of those unique places where uh, it has top-of-the-line academics mixed with top-of-the-line um, competition in the Pac-12. Um, I had a really good relationship with the coaching staff, um, good relationships with the, some of the players that are there right now, and um, it was just an opportunity that, yeah, I couldn't pass up. Tell us a little bit more about, well, let's start with the relationship you have with some of the current players. Um, so I know Reed Travis, uh, he actually left, but he, he was there. Um, I, I developed a good relationship with him. Uh, he told me a lot about the, uh, what it's like there at Stanford um, and things like that. Uh, and I also know Bryce Wills, who, who was on my team overseas, who will be an incoming freshman. Uh, we talked a lot about Stanford while, while we were overseas. And um, I just I haven't heard anything bad about uh, the experience there from either of them uh, or the coaching staff or anything like that. So, um, yeah, that's, that kind of goes with my relationship with um, uh, people at Stanford. And then on the coaching staff, specifically head coach Haas, I mean, he was just here at DLSL, what, just, what, like a month ago or so? Yeah, um, he actually has come up to Minnesota quite a few times, which had a strong impression on me. Uh, came to my house, uh, had, a, had a great visit with my family. Um, he, he was very, very impressionable with every, every single family member of mine um, and, and, and me as well. So, yeah, that, I, have, I have a really good relationship with him. And then you talk about the academic side. I mean, there's not a better education, right, at least on the West Coast, right? I mean, Stanford is sort of the Harvard of the West, right? Yeah, uh, I kind of realized that when they told me I had to get accepted into the school before I could commit. So um, I, I've, I've known about the Stanford uh, rigorous academics for, for a while now, and um, academics is something I, I take really, really strong to me. So um, it was something that fit, fit me perfectly as, long, as well as the athletic piece to it. So, Speaking of fitting perfectly, the style that Coach Hass plays offensively, defensively, is that perfect for your skill set? Uh, yeah, so while, while, make, while going through the thinking of my decision, um, I, I, had, I asked them to send me film of some games to see if I would fit their play style. And um, they had a fast tempo, uh, run a lot of ball screens, and that's exactly how I, how I like to play. So um, it, it was great to me that I, I could see myself fitting into their play style perfectly. What was it like when you told Coach Hass, hey, I'm coming. I mean, was that a phone call on Saturday, Friday? Take us through that. Uh, yeah, so I, I called him on, I think, Friday. Friday it was. And he was actually in Scotland, and it was early in the morning there. And he said that he was very stoked and that he, he wouldn't be able to fall back asleep because it was super late there. But uh, it felt good to me that he was, he was so excited that I would tell, I'm telling him that I was, uh, would be attending Stanford. And, I mean, was it just such a strong draw? I mean, I told you off camera, I thought you might wait until, you know, end of July, August, September. But as we're sitting here in pretty much still early June, I mean, you just you felt that strong tie to Stanford that it was time to commit now. Yeah, I felt a strong tie to them for a while. Um, I just wanted to take a little, have a little bit of patience. Um, but once once this June kind of hit, it was like um, you know this is where I want to go. So let's just get it, let's get it done with. Is there a sense of relief? Uh, yeah, definitely. Recruitment was a little bit overwhelming. Um, I wouldn't say too overwhelming, but it, it feels good now that I, I know where I'm going, and I feel, I feel really great about uh, where I'll be at uh, in my collegiate career. As great as the phone call was to Coach Hass, did you also make some phone calls to some of the schools that were recruiting you to tell them no? Uh, yeah, I did have a couple phone calls with uh, schools that were recruiting me. Um, some of them were some tough conversations because I built some great relationships with coaches. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was, that was a tough part of um, the whole commitment process. Was Coach Patino one of those phone calls? Um, he, he was not. Um, I felt that uh, 
he wasn't really like I didn't develop a great relationship with him. So um, I sent I did send him a text message uh, thanking him for his recruitment and that it meant a lot to me and my family. Um, but uh, he was not one of the phone calls. And I suppose I mean you had so many offers. It's not like you were going to sit on the phone all day all night calling every single coach. So going the text message route isn't a hard thing. I mean you do know that there are some Gophers fans wondering, hey, he did turn down the hometown school, but just laying it out. I mean you know Patino offered late and you just didn't have that connection. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I didn't feel a strong connection with them. Um, I, I do appreciate that the, the recruitment of me, and um, it would have been cool to stay home, but I just I felt that Stanford was felt, felt like home to me, so I, I, I feel like I needed to pull the trigger on that. Will you take an official visit then to Stanford, you know, coming up in September, October? I'm planning to go there early August. Um, that's when uh, Bryce will be there, so he can host me while I'm there. And, um, yeah, so early August is when I'll be taking my official visit. Who are some of the tough schools? I mean, if Minnesota wasn't that tough, who who are some of the tough ones to say no to? Um, Indiana was very tough to say no to. Um, Xavier, uh, Butler. Iowa was very tough because they were my first offer, and I developed a very, very strong relationship with their coaching staff. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the schools that it was very tough to say no to. Take us through the next few weeks. I know you're doing some of the uh, the camps, the Gophers camp, the Northern Iowa camp, and then all of a sudden it's D1 Minnesota ramping up again in July. Uh, yeah, after these next couple of weeks are going to be uh, prepping for our, our team camps at uh, Minnesota and UNI. And then right after that, we uh, go to New York, L.A., and Vegas for D1. So the rest of the summer is going to be going to be fun and uh, um, jam-packed. I mean, your D1 team is is loaded. I did a story. You weren't there that night at practice at, at Eden Prairie High School in, in May, but just seeing all the talent. I mean, you guys can win a championship. Yeah, I believe that too. Um, our, our team is uh, stacked. Uh, they, I realized they were stacked once they were winning every game, even when I wasn't there and things like that. So even when we have like somebody not there, like we pick up the slack and we have so much chemistry that uh, we can fight through any adversity that we that we come through. So that'll be big for us coming through July. Tyrell Terry, 2019 point guard from D. LaSalle. Will be interesting to see if the Gophers go 0 for 4 on the local 2019 kids. Now, long term, or at least over the next couple years, I've heard a lot of good things about Marcus Carr, the transfer guard from Pittsburgh, that will be eligible in a year for Patino and the Gophers. So while Terry would have been really nice, and I really do think his shooting would have helped a lot, they can somewhat afford missing on a guard because Marcus Carr is that good. Another guy that they'll likely swing and miss on from the Minnesota class of 2019 is Matthew Hurt. He's playing right now for the USA Under-18 team in Canada in the FIBA America's Under-18 championship. Roy Williams of North Carolina and Richard Patino of the Gophers among head coaches in Canada this weekend to watch Hurt. Bill Self of Kansas is Hertz coach. Also, Patino keeping an eye on Rocket Watts, who's on that under-18 team. He has a Gophers offer. He's a shooting guard from the Detroit area. Another player that has a Gophers offer from the state of Minnesota in the class of 2019 is Tyler Wall of Lakeville North. He spent some time with Badgers coaches on Friday. Lakeville North is playing in the Badgers camp. The final player from the state of Minnesota with a class of 2019 offer is Zeke Naji of Hopkins. He right now is in Colorado Springs for USA under-17 tryouts. Maya Naji, Zeke's younger sister, soon-to-be freshman at Hopkins, just picked up a Gophers offer this week. She went to the Gophers camp, and Lindsey Whalen made her a scholarship offer. She also has an offer from Wisconsin. Friday the 15th is the first day that college coaches can 
reach out to sophomores, the younger kids. So the non-2019 kids, 2020, 2021. So there's some local players, Twin Cities-based players that the Gophers have made offers to. And, of course, the Gophers reached out to all these kids on Friday. We're talking Ben Carlson of Eastridge, Dawson Garcia of Prior Lake, Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy, and Dane Danger of Park Center. Also, Terry Lockett and Chet Holmgren are two younger guys that the Gophers inquired about in this first day where they could reach out on Suggs. I mean, he's one of the best players in the class of 2020 nationally. He heard from North Carolina, Duke, I said the Gophers, Baylor, Clemson, UCLA. The list is endless. When you're one of the top players in the class, every school is going to reach out to you the first day they can reach out to you after a dead period. On Carlson from Eastridge, I'm told in addition to the Gophers, he heard from Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa State, Stanford, Butler, Creighton, Iowa, Michigan, and Nebraska. Unfortunate news, it sounds like no Gophers are playing in the Twin Cities Pro-Am League that starts at De La Salle High School on Saturday. The Gophers did play last year. Isaiah Washington drew a nice buzz, always a nice crowd when he played. But it sounds like no Gophers playing this year. Also on the Gophers, Amir Coffey is cleared for everything but contact. In February, he had very serious right shoulder surgery. Speaking of shoulder surgery, Daniel Oturu, the incoming big man from Creighton Durham Hall, He's a big-timer. He is really, really good. Kansas wanted him. Michigan State was set to offer him. I'm telling you, remember that name. But he had a very serious shoulder surgery going back a number of weeks. He is back on the court doing some work with local trainer Chauncey Hollingsworth. But he is a far way away from getting full clearance. The hope is maybe by the start of the season he can do some stuff, You know, at least in terms of game action, but it might be still a number of weeks slash months. I mean, really, it might not be until the Big Ten season, the start of the Big Ten season, where Oturu is back to just about 100%. If you listen religiously to this podcast, you heard me talk about Gino Crandall, the North Dakota transfer, on episode 152. He went to De La Salle High School. Him and his dad met with Richard Patino. Last week, yes, the Gophers are interested at the time of the taping of episode 152. We weren't sure if the Gophers would create an opening. They did. Matt Stockman is gone. So the Gophers have a scholarship opening. Let's logically connect the dots. The Gophers want Geno Crandall, but he's also heard from Gonzaga, Xavier, Colorado State. You think about the Dave Thorson connection at Colorado State, the Ben Johnson connection at Xavier. He's also heard from New Mexico State, but hey. He's got a chance to finish his collegiate career with the Gophers. I mean, that is going to be hard to turn down. So if Geno Crandall comes in, I imagine he is a starter from day one. Averaged nearly 17 points a game last year at North Dakota. He can fill it up. He plays defense. I mean, look at the box scores. Look at the numbers. I mean, go to any number of websites. Geno Crandall is a really good player. So imagine if the Gophers can add Crandall. You've got him and Brock Stahl as graduate transfers. You'd also have Dupree McBrayer and Isaiah Washington in the backcourt. But I guess so much for Amir Coffey potentially playing in the backcourt in that scenario. By the way, the Gophers did not reach out on Reed Travis. I think they know that there's no chance they could land Reed Travis. He graduates on Sunday from Stanford. He will visit Kentucky early next week. Yes, Villanova is still in his mix, but all signs, as I've said, going back about two and a half months, all signs point to Reed Travis ending up 
at Kentucky. NCAA Final Four officials were in town this week for lots of meetings. Wednesday was a very busy day. The local committee plus the national NCAA folks. It was meeting after meeting on Wednesday, all day Wednesday. Vikings scuttlebutt, nothing appears close on an Anthony Barr extension. Now, all it takes is one new offer, one new phone call. Certainly, talks are expected to pick up closer to training camp than maybe into training camp. But as of right now, on June 15th, nothing appears close on the Vikings extending Anthony Barr. The sense is is that Daniil Hunter is the top priority with Stephon Diggs close behind. I mean, we're talking 1A and 1B. So I do believe that Anthony Barr, not that he might not get an extension, maybe he needs to lower his demands, but that he could get an extension. But I get the sense that he is number three on the pecking order list. Also to date, no extension talks yet with Nick Easton. Maybe those happen during training camp. I will say that I got positive feedback. I was out there on Wednesday going back and forth with some Vikings officials on background. I said, hey, we all know that Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, other stars have had good off seasons. How about some under the radar guys that performed well in OTAs and minicamp? Here were the names that were given to me. Fullback CJ Ham, wide receiver Brandon Zilstra, second round pick the offensive lineman from Pitt, Brian O'Neill, the undrafted running back from Cincinnati, Mike Boone, the undrafted cornerback from Texas, Holton Hill. And first-round pick, Mike Hughes. All that being said, things change when the full pads come on in training camp. They are not in full pads during OTAs. And minicamp plus cornerbacks are limited how much they can, well, they can't even really play press coverage. So the rules don't exactly favor a lot of defensive guys. But I guess from a Vikings standpoint, they can tell when guys have good technique with their feet hand placement there are things they can gauge how much guys are picking up the offense you know they're not thinking a lot out there but i'm telling you things ramp up when the full pads come on in late july all right the nhl draft is next week late next week in dallas i caught up with gophers forward incoming gophers forward from Grand Rapids, he helped Grand Rapids win a state championship a couple of years ago. Then this past season, he played in Chicago with the Chicago team in the United States Hockey League. So he is ready to be a college hockey player. He'll presumably play for the Gophers for at least a couple of years, but he will get drafted maybe even pretty early next weekend. His name is Blake McLaughlin. I caught up with Blake the other day. Blake, as the countdown is on, draft weekend. What's this time like for you? Um, like I said, I'm trying to bury my head right now. I'm not thinking about it too much, but it's definitely kind of a surreal experience right now. But it has to be challenging. I mean, whether you're active on social media, friends, family, you have an advisor. Is it hard to escape all the noise about the draft? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, it's kind of nice to be actually back home because not a lot of people talk about it. It's more along the lines of hunting and fishing up there. So that's kind of a getaway, but when you're down here, um, a lot of people are kind of bugging you about it. But What's your schedule like right now? I mean, is there a balance of how much you're back home in Grand Rapids versus here in um, Minneapolis? A little bit. I just have a few grad parties of friends of my own this weekend. So, But other than that, no, I just have an online class right now, and then I'm working out at 8 and 1. So, I mean, I kind of have a schedule, but other than that, it's more along the lines of I'll go home either Friday to, like Friday or maybe Thursday. What's your plans for draft weekend? 
Draft weekend, um, I'm going to fly down with my family. Um, I'm, going, I'm attending the draft in Dallas, so I think we're leaving like Friday morning. I mean, so the countdown is absolutely on. I mean, yeah. you think about it. I mean, when you and I talk here in a week and a half, two weeks, you'll know what NHL team has your rights. Yeah, um, it's kind of getting down to the countdown, I'd say. Any sense of where you might go in the draft? Uh, no, I actually have no clue. I know a lot of people are telling me uh, just different rounds, but, I mean, it's kind of just a draft. Um, you can see, like, some B-ranked skaters drop to go undrafted, seventh round. I mean, some go in the first round, so it's just a toss-up. Is the one that you're hearing maybe most, though, second round? Yeah, it's what I've heard most, but, I mean, it's kind of a guessing game. And then did you attend the combine? I did. What was that like? Um, a lot of meetings. Uh, I mean, it was fun, um, especially just some of the cool guys you see. Like I saw Ron Hextall, he was with Philly, so that was really cool. Um, other than that, no, it's just like it's kind of surreal out there too. I mean, you got every team in the building watching you work out and just talking to them on a daily basis. I mean, you're there for a week. You're doing like 20 to 25 meetings, so it gets kind of hectic. I mean, is it more hectic? Is it more demanding, the, the physical testing or just the mental grind of when you meet with all these teams, knowing that, that it's not just a meeting. I mean, it's a job interview, and you're doing yeah. all these job interviews in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I'd say definitely the interviews are the hardest part. I mean, because you're kind of, you've been working out since you're 15, so you kind of know what to expect out of a combine, and, like, you've done all the testing before. So, I mean, it's hard to mental prepare for, your, like, a job interview like that. Um, the questions you're going to be asked, I mean, they're kind of tough, and they're, some are different. Yeah, no, it gets to be a grind. Did you meet with every team? Uh, no, I just met with 25. So most? Most, yes. And there might be one of those teams that didn't meet with you that yeah. wants to mask interest yeah. in you, right? Yeah, I met with like a couple of teams that I didn't meet with out in Buffalo, but I met with them during the year. So, I mean, you've pretty much had contact with every single team. Do you have any sense whatsoever of... Is there a team or two that you know that really likes you? Do you have any idea? Um, if I had to guess, I would say like either a Winnipeg or Colorado. I think they showed the most interest, or that's what I could tell. But, I mean, yet again, I just don't know. What was last year like making the jump from, from Minnesota State High School competition to playing in Chicago? Um, it's kind of – it's just like a longer season. Um, like just preparing your body in different ways, like – Especially in high school, you can kind of slack off and get along with it. Like you won't, you won't, it won't affect you as much as it should. And then, like once you turn to the USHL, like with a 60-game season, like you got to be drinking fluids every day, like ice bathing. Versus like in high school, you get 25 games and they're spread out. Like you get two days off, and like I mean, you can go ice fishing, you can go fishing, like so it's just completely different. It's more of a job in the USHL versus high school. It's more fun. Is the competition also ramped up? Yeah. Uh, competitions, I'd say it's way higher than high school. Um, I think people argue that, but I think it's definitely obviously higher. A lot more skill out there. How tough was that decision? I mean, you win that state championship. You play so well at yeah. Grand Rapids. I mean, or was it an easy decision that you knew that you accomplished everything in your high school career, that you had to start preparing for what was next, so it was logical to go to Chicago and play in the United States Hockey League? Um, it was definitely logical, but wasn't easy at all. Um, I did have a lot of tears coming out. I called my best friend, Jack Burnson. Uh, I called him, told him I wasn't coming back, and he was actually very nice to me about it. I thought he was going to be a little more mad, but 
Um, I'd say like the hardest call is to him, to tell him I'm not coming back. But I obviously had to call the coach and I called most of the guys or most of my close friends that I played with. But I really did want to win another state tournament out there, but I just didn't. It wasn't logical for me. I think I did. Like I proved myself in high school, and I think I had to take the next step. If you guys had lost, I mean hypothetically, but if you guys yeah. had lost the state championship game, do you play your senior year at Grand Rapids? Um, I mean, I haven't thought of it that way. So, um, luckily we did win, but I think I might have stayed if we lost. I think I for sure would have stayed. Tell us about the kind of player you are. I mean, I know you're a winger, but but if you had to write a scouting report on yourself, what kind of player are you? Quick scouting report, I'd say I'm a two-way playmaking forward. Um, I have a little bit of scoring touch, but more of a playmaking ability to my game. So, you like to move the puck? Yeah. I mean... Passing is something that comes naturally to you. Yeah, I'd say it's more natural than shooting. I think I have a shot f- or a pass first mentality. And do you also have a, a two way mentality where you want to get back and you know you got a little defense to your game too? Yeah, I mean I got defense to my game, but I like in the defensive zone because you can wind up and you can get speed, and that's when the D are flat and like and that's when the D are thinking offense. So I like to quick transition and go to offense. And then speed, I mean. Yeah. Is that one thing that you're known for? You're just you're gonna beat people down the ice. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm known for speed. I'd say I'm more known for just like little shifty plays. But um, I think my game is transition game. I think that's what the game's evolving to. So I think I try to influence that in my game the most. Where do you need to get better? I mean, you'll get drafted, but I mean, presumably your professional career won't start for yeah a couple you know, years. A couple years might be yeah. three years. It's going to be a while, so as you're a gopher, where do you need to improve? Improve, I would say definitely in the, or in the weight room, just because I would say my muscle is just not to where it needs to be. I think I need get, to get way bigger. I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. And also just like little skating details in my game, I think I could just be more fluent and quicker, faster. So, Is Cal Dietz still the strength coach? Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of good things. I mean, have yeah. you worked out with him yet? Yeah, so I've worked out with him for a week now, and it's been one of the hardest but actually most fun weeks of my life so far. So Take us through a, a regular workout, uh, which for many of us would not be a regular workout. <laughs> um, depending on the day, like Monday was kind of a harder day. We had to do four corners, so you run around the whole Mariucci Arena, and then at the start of each corner, you have to go down a flight of down to ice level and then you have to run back up the stairs and you okay. do that each corner you do that four laps around that's kind of the warm-up but I think that was more of just a little conditioning <laughs> to get the freshmen used to it and then no it's just a lot of different like it's a lot of lightweight with bands workouts like you do squats with bands holding it down so it's more just like quick movements and just like to get like I'd say like your quick to quick twitch muscles into it so just a lot of lightweight workouts, but they're, they're grueling. Like, it was hard for me to walk down the stairs here. So, <laughs> How much are you looking forward to, to starting your Gophers career on the ice? Oh, um, it's been a dream for a while. Uh, the fact that I'm actually just wearing a hat right now, um, it's kind of crazy. Um, I don't know. It's really a dream, so I'm really excited for it. How about just the transition in, in coaches, right? I mean, you would have committed – to yep. who? Don Lucia. I'm guessing Mike Gensel had a lot to do with your recruitment, or at least something to do with your recruitment. I, I would say uh, um, Patoni had the most okay. to do with it. And I had most. In he's touch gone. With him. You know, yeah, I he's mean, gone. to bigger and well, maybe not bigger, but better. I mean, as yeah. a head coach. So I mean, from 
the guys you committed to to what's now in place, there's there's change. Yeah, there's been a lot of change, but I've had a few meetings with Moscow now, and I mean, he's been, what I've heard from him, he's been one of the best coaches every guy's had. I uh, talked to a few guys that played for him at the World Junior Tournament, and he said, easily the best coach he's ever had, so I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, from from all appearances, I mean, and heck, just look at what he did at St. Cloud State for ten yeah. plus years. I mean, he's got a track record. Yeah, you know, so that's got to be a pretty easy transition, I would think, right? From oh, yeah. what you thought you were going to join to playing for Coach Motzko. Yeah, I think I'm. To be honest, I think I'm a little more excited to be playing for Motzko right now. Um, I mean, he seems like a great person and like an even better coach. So I don't know what to expect from his coaching style I've never heard from it so but I'm really excited to join him and so in some of those chats you've had with him I mean has the draft come up has he told you anything that you know he knows people in the NHL has he told you anything he's heard about your, your um, draft potential he's he hasn't we haven't talked too much about hockey things but he just all he told me about the draft is that he wasn't going this year so that's <laughs> that's all the draft talk we had together <laughs> so again so what you, what, mom, dad? I mean, how many people are going to be in, in Dallas total? Uh, total, I think it's grandparents. So I got two grandparents going, aunt, uncle, mom, just mom, brother. That's six. I think uh, my girlfriend's coming down, so that's seven. Um, I mean, I can count seven, but I'm sure there's going to be a little yeah. more surprises. I mean, is that just nuts to think about, that you're going to yeah. have all those people there for, for what's going to be such a special moment? Yeah, it's going to be a really cool moment, so I'm really excited to like experience it with my family. Have you thought about what that moment might be like with, with the blank-and-blank blank pick, you know, the Colorado Avalanche select, you know, your name, you know, uh, forward from Grand Rapids, I don't know if they say University of Minnesota, whatever, but yeah. when, when they're at the podium, I don't know if it's the commissioner or associate commissioner, but somebody at the podium is going yeah. to make the announcement into the arena on TV that you've been selected. Have you thought about what that moment will be like? Honestly, no. Um, I just know it's going to be a pretty cool moment. That's saying if I do get drafted, which I'm hoping I do, um, but it should be a pretty cool moment. I mean, you're, you're pretty humble. I mean... Realistically, you're going to get drafted. I mean, you could say that, but like once again, like if it's a draft, like you can't really count on yourself ever being drafted, no matter your accomplishments. I mean, I'd say the only for sure pick in the draft is probably Rasmus Stalin. So, but yeah. Are you wanting to play with a chip on your shoulder? Like if you do end up going, let's say second round, third round, maybe later, that means a lot of teams will have passed on you. Are you um, wanting to play with a chip on your shoulder? Um, that wouldn't bother me so much. Um, I don't think I'd play with a chip on my shoulder from that. I think I just want to, if I ever did play in the NHL, I don't want to just play in the NHL. I think I'd want to win in the NHL. I think that would be more of an achievement for me. So I think that's more of my goal in life is to win in, this, in the NHL and win a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, let's hope it gets to that, but I, I don't know. How much do you weigh right now? 160. What's the goal? What's the, I don't want to say end goal, but maybe, end of you know, summer. as you play your freshman year with the Gophers, is there a number in mind? Yeah, end of summer. I've been talking to Cal Deeds. He thinks he can get me to 180, but I'm shooting for 175. So, I mean, that's a hefty goal, but you just got to put in the work. 
Are you still growing, or are you capped out at you know six one, six two? Um, some doctors say I'm I'm still growing. Like I broke my finger a couple, I think like a year ago. They said I had two inches left, and that's when I was six foot, and I'm still six foot. So, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. You know, but even if you're just six feet tall, that's you yeah, know. that's not terrible. No, because you still have the speed and everything. So yeah, whether you're six feet or six one or six two, it's it's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. So what's going to keep you busy here the next handful of months then? I mean, draft, and is it right back to campus, summer classes and summer workouts? Yeah, just say summer classes and workouts mainly been my thing for the past couple of weeks now. So I think just working out and skating with the guys and getting just like the chemistry going and the bonding and just being comfortable in the locker room with all the guys, I think that's the first steps for me. Um, I think that's the first steps for most freshmen. But then from there, just hoping to get a good jump on the college season. I mean, are you already close with a number of guys, or? Ah, uh, yeah. I uh, my brother played there, so I kind of just like know a little bit of the names, and I kind of just like know a little bit of them and met with them before. But I have a couple tight guy, tight friends on that team that I've known from the past couple of years, just playing juniors and playing high school. So. And I would think too. I mean, living in Chicago the last year, adjusting yeah. to the big city campus, it's yeah. probably not much of an adjustment for you, or is it? Uh, no, it's not too much of an adjustment. Like I used to live in Elk River until I was about ten, okay. so I uh, I had season tickets to the Gophers, so I'm pretty acclimated with like the campus and everything. So it's not too much of a difference, I'd say. Season tickets. I mean, yeah. think about that. So as a ten-year-old, you're sitting in the stands of Mariucci. Yeah. And now fast forward eight years. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, that you're it's... playing then in front of season ticket holders. Yeah. Um. It's, I don't know, it's just crazy. Um, I mean, as a kid, you kind of always dream of getting this far, but to put dream into reality, like, it's completely different. So, starting to become a little bit more of a reality day by day. So, it's getting pretty cool. When did, speaking of dream reality, the NHL pop onto your radar? Um, I mean, like, once again, like, growing up as a kid, like, you're always dreaming about NHL, like you're always playing mini sticks in your basement, like saying like, oh, so and so is coming down the wing, and like, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's for sure a dream, and I would say it's still a dream right now. Um, I haven't done anything. Um, I don't have any accomplishments in the NHL, nor with an NHL label by me. So I would say say it's still a dream for me. Blake McLaughlin, I can say it will be a reality that he gets drafted. Next weekend, he mentioned the Avalanche and the Jets as two teams, among many, two teams to keep an eye on. Continuing the hockey theme, I saw a note about the Wild from the SB Nation Wild guys. So the Wild have picks 24, 63, 86, 92, 148, 155, 179, and 210. That is the most picks the Wild have had in a draft since 2014. It is the most picks they've had in the top three rounds since 2010. So certainly it's a big weekend for the Wild. The Wild just got done this week with pro personnel meetings. All signs continue to point to the Wild buying out Tyler Ennis. All right, we finish with baseball. Reggie Meyer, Gophers junior pitcher, 
Look for him to sign. So he was a 38th round pick of the Rangers, but I am told he will be signing with the Rangers, foregoing his final year of eligibility with the Gophers. Sean Jelly, Matamidi High School, the University of Kentucky, he signed with the Giants on Friday. He gets a $1.5 million signing bonus. He was the Giants' second round pick. The Twins will sign Trevor Larnick, their first round pick. When Larnick's season is done, Oregon State, he plays for the Beavers. They open up the College World Series on Saturday against North Carolina. Don't be surprised when the final numbers are in on the Larnick contract if it comes in slightly under slot, not significantly under, like their second-round pick. But they may save a little bit of money on Larnick. They did go over slot for their fourth-round pick and their ninth-round pick and their tenth-round pick. And I know there's confidence in signing the high school kid that went in the sixth round, the Clemson commit. And to get him, I wouldn't be shocked if they go slightly over. So they can save a bunch of money on their second-round pick, maybe save a little bit on Larnick, and then go over to sign some other guys in the top 10 rounds. On Miguel Sano, not quite sure I can add a ton more. I do know that when he was in Rochester a few weeks ago on that rehab assignment, that there was maybe a bit more harmony. I don't know if that's the right term, but a bit more cohesion in the clubhouse. I just know that his lack of work ethic has rubbed some people the wrong way. He's not uh, cancer because he's not creating controversy. He's not one to get in people's faces, scream, anything goofy like that. But other guys just wonder, hey, if I'm working this hard, why can't Miguel Sano work this hard? So I do think the clubhouse will enjoy this break with Sano in Fort Myers for at least a few weeks. Don't expect Miguel Sano back with the Twins for at least a few weeks. We're done. Let's put a wrap on Scoop Podcast episode 153 on this Friday night, the 15th of June. Be sure to support the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Skoll Marketing, skollmarketing.com. Happy Father's Day to all the dads listening. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 